Maybe you should just hold on to it. <laughs> okay. Well, well, good morning. Yeah, w- welcome to our uh, 8 a.m. service. Yeah. So um, let, me, let me start today by, by just giving you a quick overview of my story. Uh, in, um, in 1973, I was finishing, uh, completing some graduate work at Cambridge University and returned to the United States as the bishop appointed me uh, to a church on the south side of Flint. Uh, in the following uh, eight years uh, at the Bristol United Methodist Church, that's if you want to locate where that is, just think of the plant down on Van Slyke and Bristol, and we were, we were close to that. But for the following eight years, I pastored the, the Bristol United Methodist Church, which was, which was not easy, but it was, uh, it was a delight, and, and it was favored of God. And, and through those eight years, uh, they were very formative for me. And one of the things that I was, was realizing in terms of God's calling upon my life is that I wanted to be in a place more long-term where I could invest in, in people and community. And so in, in 1981, circumstances led us to a, a group of people in Clio who wanted to build a fellowship of believers who know God and who make him known. That, that, was, that was our vision, and it's still our vision today, to build a fellowship of believers who know God and who make him known. And I knew, I knew it would be long-term, but um, not as long as I thought, Tw- 20 for the next 27 years, uh, I, I pastored, uh, I was privileged to pastor the Lamb of God Fellowship. And we gave ourselves to the mission and, uh, and to the adventure of life together in Christ Jesus. For me, the, the next step was, was pastoral care in the hospital. And for almost 10 years, I was staff chaplain at Covenant Healthcare. Now, overlapping those years, uh, for almost two decades, I've taught at, at Saginaw Valley State University. Now, I offer that to you this morning because those are my credentials for the message this morning. And the message is simply this. A long obedience in the same direction. A long obedience in the same direction. Let me, um, let me tell you about Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca was, was one of my students last winter semester in healthcare ethics. And Rebecca is in the nursing program at SVSU. Uh, it's a, it's a, a, a challenging uh, program and curriculum, very uh, demanding clinically and academically. Uh, 
And when I had her as a student, uh, she was also pregnant. And so she's trying to she's trying to navigate, you know, all of her coursework at the university and this nursing program. She's trying to do her her prenatal care and and uh, manage family life. But in the midst of it all, Rebecca is is discovering life in God's spirit. And like Rebecca, so many of us, there, there, there's so many voices, there's so many pressures that are vying for our minds and for our attention. And it's, it's easy to get fragmented and, and fractured and frustrated and, and distressed. And so in February, Pastor Tim has been talking to us about an abundant life mindset. And all I want to say to you this morning is that, is that I see Rebecca discovering and, and starting to live in this abundant life mindset. And she's learning like you and I are learning to live and move and have our being in Christ Jesus. So um, we finished the semester together, and then last summer, uh, Rebecca sent me these photographs of, uh, of her family and of her new baby. Could, could you bring that up for us? So um, this, is, uh, this is Rebecca, and can, can you see her, her little baby girl there? And uh, this is her husband, and uh, this is the star, Emma Isabel, and... Uh, what a, what a gift of all the gifts that, that God gives us along the way. Um, today, I, I'd like to, to give you five words that, for me, are embedded in this abundant life mindset. And I want to introduce these five words to you uh, through, um, through Abraham. The, the Bible's story of, of salvation really begins with, with Abraham, the, the father of faith. And I don't know if, if you know much of his history, but the Bible indicates that, that Abraham grew up in, in a pagan world that was filled with idol worship. His family lived in Ur of uh, Mesopotamia, and the Jewish tradition tells us that Abraham's father, Terah, was, was a maker of idols. So Abraham grew up in this, in this culture where the, the, the dominant culture was, was one of, of idol worship. And his father's career, the, the way he supported the family, was in making idols. That's the, that's the home that Abraham grew up in. But somehow, in the midst of all of that, Abraham heard the voice of the living God. And, and he, left his, he left his family and his culture, and he set forth on a journey. Hebrews 11 describes it this way. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive 
as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Can any of you identify with this? Yeah. And um, the other thing I wanted to say about the place where Abraham grew up is that the religious philosophy of Ur was, was cyclical. That is, their thinking was that, that things just go around and around like the seasons. In fact, one of the, the primary gods in the culture that he grew up with was the moon god, where it, it, it's, it's, it's cyclical. It just goes around and around with, with the seasons. But too often, it's, it's a vicious, it's a vicious cycle. But with Abraham, something, something new begins. God calls him out of this world of vicious cycles. It's, it's, like, it's like you and I are on this, this merry-go-round. And, uh, and God calls us to get off the merry-go-round. And, uh, and, and God called Abraham out of this world of vicious cycles. But he also called him to a radical monotheism. And so instead of a, a, a landscape that was, was littered with, with idols and filled with multiple gods, Abraham followed the one true living God, the God who we came to know as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God who ultimately fully and completely revealed himself to us through his son, Jesus. And so Abraham begins this, this journey to a land of promise that, that would ultimately bring us to Jesus. And so the Bible says it this way. It says, um, if, any, if anyone, if any of us is in Christ Jesus, we are a new creation, a whole new creature, a whole new species, that the old has, has passed away, and behold, the new has come. It's, it's a long obedience in the same direction, and as we, as we walk this, this journey with God, we experience the abundant life that he has for us. John concluded uh, his gospel this way. He said that these things have been written. These things have been recorded in order that you might believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, and that by believing in him, you would have life in his name. So here's... Here's our verse for the week. It's from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
So let me, let me give you these five words that I want to leave with you this morning that I've, that I've drawn from, from Hebrews chapter 12. And, and uh, as I give you these five words, just let me remind you that, that words are, are simply containers of meaning. And so I, I, I pray that, that, that the meaning of, of what um, I want to impart to you this morning will, that it'll be, that'll be more than, than words. Uh, as, 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 as Paul prayed, he said, I pray that, that your eyes of understanding would be opened in order that you might know him in a, in a greater way. And um, one of the things we all have to contend with is, uh, um, uh, I don't know, just the, the urgency and the pressures of, of, uh, of, of daily life. And, and here's my hope for me and, and, and for you, is that, uh, is that we will become gestational carriers of God's word. And just like Rebecca um, was, was pregnant for, for nine months with her baby, I, I, I pray that, that you and I would be impregnated with, with God's word and that we, would, that we would be gestational carriers, do you understand, of, of God's word and that it would, it would just kind of grow and develop in us and it will it'll produce life. It'll produce the abundant life that Pastor Tim has been talking to us about. Uh, God's, the, the seed of God's word produces 30, 60, 100 fold. But it's not going to do it all at once. It needs to be a long obedience in the same direction. Are, are you with me? Okay. Um, so here's the, here's the first word uh, that I want to give you today. Its author. Uh, inherent to this abundant life mindset is, is the realization that, that I am not my own, that I have been created by God and redeemed by Jesus for God, and that He is the one who is authoring my story. And not just my story for 71 years, but my eternal story. The, the story that he's authoring in me is, is an eternal story. It begins in this life, but it's, it's a forever, it's a forever story. In your, in your printed notes inside of the folder that you received when you came in today, I, I, I referenced Ephesians chapter 2, and it reads this way. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. For we, you and I, are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He is he is the author, and he is, he is writing his story through you and through me. The Apostle Paul expressed it elsewhere with words that go like this. He said, he said I have been crucified with Christ, 
And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And he said, this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and who rose for me. So as Hebrews 12 says, fix your, fix your attention on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Let Jesus be your focus because he is not only the author of your life, but he is the, the one who is, who is writing this eternal story of your life. And, and, and I'm assured of this, that he who has begun that story is going to finish it. I mean, that, that's, that's his promise. He, God is a, he, listen, he is a finisher. And uh, this, uh, the story that he started in you and in me, uh, he's going to finish, and he's going to finish it gloriously. The second, um, the second word I want to leave with you this morning is the word enlarged. Um, life in Christ Jesus is a fresh start. We we get off the we we get out of the cycles. We get off the merry-go-round, and it's a it's a fresh start with God in Jesus. But as we live in Him. As we walk with him, we are enlarged with him. Hebrews 12 says he's not only the author, he is the perfecter. And part of the perfecting work that he does in you and me is that we are enlarged in him. In, um, in January, in the Wall Street Journal, it featured a a successful company in Cincinnati named Nehemiah Manufacturing. Uh, the, the, the company was launched uh, a decade ago by two men whose background included Procter & Gamble and Bristol-Myers. But one of the distinctives of Nehemiah is that workers with criminal records make up around 80% of the company's 180 employees. We are investing in our employees in order to retain them, said Richard, Richard Palmer, president of Nehemiah. This morning, um, I want to take just a few minutes and, and show you a, a video uh, of, of this company of, of second chances. So uh, in, enjoy it with me. Second chance people like myself have struggled to succeed professionally or to move out of the shadow of their past. Everybody deserves a second chance. We all slip and fall some point in time in our lives. Folks that we're trying to employ generally don't have a chance to get a job anywhere else. We focus on second chance, meaning people that have a felony in their background or a history of drug or alcohol addiction. A lot of times the recidivism rate is so much higher because people give up. 
because they don't have the resilience to keep getting door after door after door slammed in their face. In my situation, my second chance is a second chance to prove to society that I'm not a horrible person. I ain't had nothing. When I came and started here, I started with $5. All I had was $5 to my name. I've always said that if I hadn't found Nehemiah when I did, I would be either in prison or dead. Those could be people that slipped and fell by receiving a felony. Somebody might have a history of drug and alcohol abuse where they have a gap in unemployment. Everybody has a past. Everybody has, you know, done things in their lives that they're not proud of, but this is a place where you can get a chance to start over. When you're on your last chance, you don't know what to do, this lifts you up. When you start over, that's one of the scariest things because, you know, um, you don't know how things are going to turn out, but if you have an employer that's willing to give you a second chance, you have hope, you feel good about it. You're like, okay, I got this. And so you can actually be successful. I've seen enthusiasm. I've seen dry bones come alive. I've had two kids since I've been here. I bought my first car, bought my house in the inner city. Been promoted eight times up to operations manager, which is proof that Nehemiah doesn't limit you, that they allow you to grow and continue to grow to your own ability. It makes me excited to know that I work for a company and to have a product out on the shelf. My most proud moment is being here. The power in it is knowing the people behind it. What I say to those that are buying our products, whether it's can do boogie wipes, first of all, I'd say thank you. Thank you for supporting our business. But more importantly, if you think we got great products, we got even better people. With every purchase, you are helping break cycles of poverty and lack and many generations to come. There's a big story to it. Uh, it's just not just a product that's made by somebody individually. It's made by a family out there. This is some of the product that comes from, you know, those people working hard. And it's stuff that you can use every day. Like everybody has kids that they want to use good quality product on and that's what it is. When you buy products and you buy from good companies that are taking care of their people, you actually are changing lives and you're being a part of the mission that, that we're trying to push and promote from within Nehemiah. Everybody has a job, everybody has a profession, but to be able to mix in a profession with a mission that is so powerful within my own life, it, it makes every day worth it. We think that we can play a critical role in the initiative around our city to try and eradicate poverty and when you're helping uh, have a household, whether it's a mom or a dad who are trying to get back to work, it really can impact the whole family. They're adding to society and to the culture and to the value of our community instead of detracting from it. Instead, they come out, they're being productive, they're feeling good about themselves, positive impact on their family and friends, and ultimately that has had a tremendous impact on our community, one person at a time. We have a treasure chest of gems out there and they're just waiting to be polished off so that they can shine and this is the place for them. I, I get excited every day to see the faces of our employees and uh, just see them smiling as they're working. They gave us a reason for living again, you know what I mean? And we walk down a different path now, so it's a wonderful company. I love working here because of uh, the mission, the people, the, the family feel. You know, what I'm most grateful of is, is having this opportunity. There's no barriers in my way anymore, um, at least not because of what I've done in the past. It is exciting, so I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about my, you know, what I can accomplish, and I only have that opportunity because of Nehemiah.
Let me, um, let me uh, give you the story of just one employee of, uh, of Nehemiah. And this, this has to do with, uh, with being enlarged, uh, not only keeping our eyes on Jesus, um, but, but then being enlarged in him. Uh, here's the story of one employee named Stephanie. She said, although I was skeptical of factory work, I found that it was a place of healing and restoration. If I had to describe Nehemiah in one word, it would be grace. Because when society deems us that we are out of chances, Nehemiah gives us a second chance. My dreams and desires are different now. Recently, I was accepted into Cincinnati Christian University and am planning on starting there to get two degrees, one in business management and the other in Bible studies. I have also reconnected with my mother, and now we pull each other up when we fall, and we swap devotionals regularly. I never thought a relationship like this was possible with her. God is remarkable. Part of this long obedience in the same direction is that we are enlarged in Christ Jesus. The one who calls you and me is faithful, and he will do it. One of the, um, one of the ministries in, in our church is, is Celebrate Recovery. Uh, Megan uh, talked about that during the announcement time this morning. Uh, this is um, this is just my my take on that. Okay, this is just my perspective about celebrate recovery. The, the the important thing about celebrate recovery is not that we're healed from hurts and habits and hangups, but the critical component is that we are then enlarged in Christ Jesus. Do you, do you catch that? I mean. You can, you can be healed from a hurt, but, you know, you'll get hurt again. You, uh, you, can, you can be delivered from a habit, but you'll probably pick up another habit. Um, the important thing for us is to be enlarged in Christ Jesus. Here's the, here's the third word that I want to leave with you this morning. It's the word gift. And um, just, just pause for a moment and uh, think about the, the gifts that, that you are able to give and receive every day. And um, as, as you and I are, are more mindful of that, it just creates this abundant life mindset uh, because God is a giver of good gifts and, and we're privileged to to give and receive gifts to, to one another. Uh, let me just identify a, a couple of gifts uh, to you. Um, are, are some of you familiar with Night to Shine? Have you, have you heard of that? Um, in February, the, the Tim Tebow Foundation sponsored a special prom night called Night to Shine. Uh, over over 300,000 uh, persons participated in this. 
in, um, in every state in the United States, there was an, a Night to Shine event. In, in 30, 34 countries, uh, there was a, one of these Night to Shine events. Let me show you a couple of photos from, from one of the local Night to Shine events. Um, this is uh, Jacob and uh, Allison uh, Tanner. And, um, and then over on this part of the, of the picture, that's um, Maya uh, Barker, Allison, Jacob, and uh, Landon Barker. And uh, as, as we live in Christ Jesus, we, we have the blessing of giving and receiving good gifts. But the, the truth of the matter is, God wants all of us to arise and shine because our light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Here's, um, here's another gift to me. Let me show you this, this photograph of, of a group of students that I worked with um, in January and February at, at SVSU. These students provided leadership for uh, the Gift of Life Campus Challenge. And the, the goal was to inform and sign up persons for the Michigan Organ Donor Registry. Uh, if you look at this photograph, um, one of the students in this photograph her father is alive today because he received an organ transplant. Uh, another one of the students in this photograph, uh, his father died while awaiting uh, a life-saving transplant. Currently, there are, um, in the state of Michigan, uh, approximately 3,000 persons who are on various transplant waiting lists. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of these students. They're, uh, they're a gift to me. Uh, their passion, their work. Uh, this, this gift of life challenge in January and February, there were 23 colleges and universities throughout the state of Michigan that had this friendly competition to see who could sign up the most donors uh, for the Michigan donor registries. And um, uh, SVSU came in third. Uh, but, but the real winners are the men and the women and the children that will receive uh, the, the gift of life. And so part of, part of the abundant life mindset is being thankful for the gifts that God has enabled us to receive, the gifts that God has enabled us to give. Here's the, the fourth slide, or the fourth uh, word that, that I want to give to you. It's, it's identity. Um, let, me, let, me, um, let me show you one other photograph. Um, this, uh, can you bring up the photograph of the, of the toddler? This is, um, this is one of my favorite photographs, um, and it, it happens to be one of my grandsons. This is, this is Vincent, and if you look closely at the photograph, 
the, the picture behind Vincent um, is his little brother who will be delivered uh, in May sometime. And uh, when I think about Vincent and his little brother, I, uh, I know what the psalmist says is true, that God knows us in our mother's womb, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by him. His works are wonderful, and I know that full well. One of the areas that, that we study in, in healthcare ethics is DNA protocols. Uh, let me show you a, an image of, a, of DNA. There's a, there's a new technology uh, that's being tested called CRISPR, uh, which, is, which is much more effective at editing DNA than, than uh, previous methods. And, and CRISPR uh, holds great potential for a lot of I think wonderful uses, but CRISPR is also fraught with a, a lot of ethical questions and ethical concerns. But all I, all I want to say, all that aside, what I want to say to you this morning is this, that you are more than your DNA. You are more than your DNA. That your life narrative is not determined by Ancestry.com or by 23andMe. You are the Imago Dei. You are made in the image of God. He is your identity. He is your significance. Let me... Um, Let me, let me show you uh, one, one final slide. Um, uh, could you bring up the, the slide of the, of the Christmas card? So uh, let, me, let me close this morning with this, that one of the, one of the patterns that um, our family has developed over the years is that we, we save our Christmas cards and, that, and then over the course of the year, uh, at, at dinner time, after dinner, we, um, we, we pray for, for two or, or three households. And um, this is a Christmas card that we got uh, this past Christmas from uh, Gary and, and Joe Brandt. And, um, and so when, when, we, when we pray... Um, for, the, for these people, it, it, it just reminds us of how our lives have been enriched in so many ways. And it just, it just cultivates in us an abundant life mindset. But not only the, the continuing bonds that we have with Brants and, and other people that God has, has put in our lives, but more importantly, the continuing bonds that we have with him that we belong to him, and he belongs to us. Let's, uh, let's stand together. Let me um, uh, conclude this morning by uh, having us just focus again 
on Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And if, um, if you're one of the uh, prayer teams this morning, could, could you come forward? And, and we're going to sing a closing song together. But during this song, let's just continue to, to respond to God and to connect with God as, uh, as Caleb admonished us earlier to do. Because that's, uh, that's where we belong, is in him. And so we fix our eyes, we fix our attention on Jesus, who is the author, who is the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and scorned its shame. When you know your identity in Christ Jesus, it's a lot easier to scorn the shame that, that sometimes gets, gets directed towards us. And it's what God has done for us in his son Jesus is a done deal. It's a completed work. And he says, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God saying, it is finished. And if God is for you, who or what can be against you? Let's, uh, let's worship him. Let's just continue to respond to him as we look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher.